This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, 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 uh. Here we go. You ready, Scotty? This is the first time I'm talking today. We're doing a, a morning banana. Uh, this is a wake up and smell the bananas type of morning. <laughs> oh, it really is. Here's the headline, folks. Mm-hmm. I just want a plane. Colon, ju- when a college student demanded Pepsi hand over a Harrier jet. I mean, I don't understand, and I got it's, distracted because my phone rang, which oh, is so one. unprofessional of me. Well, we're flying high again on a brand new episode <laughs> of Morning Bananas. <laughs> Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoler. Sitting I across am, from oh, me is, oh, go ahead. Banana boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Curdy B, I'm on my way to Austin, Texas in uh, one and a half hours. In That's one great. and a half hours, we're flying to Moon Tower. This will come out after our show, but I am excited. I actually love... Austin, Texas. I really do love. I'm looking forward to it. As I'm especially looking forward to it, Scotty, because my two and a half year old has gone through the crazies. I've talked about it before, but I I can't. I just want to say I've been up since four in the morning. I've been up Let, since four in the morning ugh. every morning since I've come back from Portland. So that's Saturday. Dear so Sunday, Lord. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I will be up at four in the morning tomorrow. Four days in a row of no sleep, and I'm just I'm like uh. I, now I understand why it's military torture. Like sleep deprivation is military sure. torture. And my child, my two yeah. and a half year old, is an adept interrogator. However, <laughs> he doesn't want to know anything from me. Yeah. He wants no information. He wants nothing <laughs> he wants to do no with you. Just your undivided attention. He just wants to keep me up. And it's I'm I'm like I'm, I'm I this is you might have to do the heavy lifting of making sense in this podcast. Because I love I am, that. I am I'm I'm on Looney Tunes level, but I do want to say that, that. Uh, there's some I'm star I have some stand updates, Scotty, that I've hit. forgotten completely to tell anyone about. Do hit, you mind if I tell hit them? the bananas? Tell them. Also, Curdy B's he's getting back out there. He's working oh, yeah. new material. This is the best time to see any artist or comedian. It's when they're like they have some stuff, they're trying some stuff. It's just going to be the most kick-ass real show. 
It is because I will be f- having fun because yes. I'll be trying out a bunch of stuff. And then don't worry, I'm going to do a good show. So I'll of have some. Of course, this guy's a total professional. Come on now. But uh, I- I'm going to be in D.C., guys, in Washington, D.C., at the D.C. Comedy Loft, Whoa. May 19th to 21st. Go. Uh, it's so fun. That's such a fun space. If you've never been to it, it's just like, it's just great for comedy. I, I really might be there. It. I might come check you out. Oh, dude, if you did, that would be amazing. I have a wedding on the 21st in Philly, so Are maybe I'll see you me? there. I'm not joking, your butt. Scotty might be there, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then after, and then uh, June 17th in San Diego at Soda Bar. This is a little punk club down great in San idea. Diego. I'm just doing two shows on Friday night. It's going to be super fun. Let's sell it the fuck out. Sell um, it out. Get San Diego Tom Cruise. Get Maverick at that show. Show. Somebody hire Tom Cruise Hi, to go please. to Kurt's show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, of course, you guys know we're coming to Denver June 6th and se- or 7th and 8th. Big time. And where else are we going? Two different shows, too, Denver. So if you're a true blue banana and you want to see oh, both yeah. shows, you're going to see different stories. You're going to see different news, probably different wardrobe. It's going to be a night to remember. It's going to be super fun. And then, of course, Asbury Park, July 14th. And then... Okay. Sound Brooklyn Bell House, July 17th. We'll see you guys. That might be our last tour dates for a while, so yeah. come on out. I think we're going to uh, hold off for a little bit. We're going to enjoy um, summer so Kirk can take a nap and sleep a little bit, which is ironic because when I met you, I don't think you went to bed before 4 a.m. for like a, the first three or four years. So there you go. I didn't go to bed before 4 for like for definitely for a couple years, four years, I would just be like, I'm up until 4 in the morning yeah. and then I sleep until... Closing bars. Until Closing all. bars at 4 a.m. in New York City. It's so silly that I used to think if we didn't close the bar, we didn't have a good time. What a yep. crazy, crazy yep. thought. Yep. I know. <laughs> I'm good for like three of those a year now. Like three, 4 a.m. bar closers. Like if I'm in New Orleans, I'll do it. If I'm in Europe, I'll do it. Like, And if I'm in New York City, I'll do it. But after that, like the next day, I'm always like, boy, that was... So, 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 so stupid. I mean, San Francisco, we were only out until, I think, 1.30. One or I think two, we yeah. left at like one between 1 and one thirty, And the next day was a deep existential reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got it together for Portland. Thanks for those great shows. It was super duper fun, Will. so fun. Let's you do a story. This? Yeah, man, this is so good. Here it is. I just want a plane when a college mm-hmm. student demanded Pepsi hand over a Harrier jet. So okay. this was sent in by Art of Wes Brooks, who has sent us a lot of stories. And I think he's gotten a couple on, in fact. Hell yeah. Um, published in Mental Floss, written by Jake Rossin. Ooh, Thanks, Jake. Jake is really good. Jake you, is... Is he? Is he? I think he's better than good, Scotty. He might be the best in the biz. This was printed on April 14th, 2022. So you know it's new. That's Here real. it is. John Leonard's demand was simple. All he wanted was for Pepsi to deliver the Harrier jet he believed they had promised. Mm -hmm. In 1996, this is a fascinating story. In 1996, Leonard, then a 21-year-old college student, insisted he had amassed enough points given away during one of the soft drink giants' promotional campaigns to take possession of the aircraft, which cost a staggering $33.8 million (laughs) and was part of the U.S. military's air fleet. 
The fighter planes were not commercially available, obviously, but Pepsi, Leonard argued, had offered one up as a giveaway. Before the saga ended, a judge would be forced to decide whether Pepsi was making a joke or a legally binding offer for the jet. Okay. For Leonard, the answer was clear. Leonard thought it was very serious, his lawyer said. So did I. I. Guess so. We thought it was a big contest and giveaway. The honest point is that the man is entitled to his Harrier jet. Um, Pepsi and rival Coca-Cola have been locking horn had been locking horns to vie for market share. Oh, forever. Um, and so, but sometimes their attempts to capture attention blow up in their faces. The constant one-upmanship eventually led to a 1996 promotion in which yes. Pepsi offered prizes or quote Pepsi stuff to consumers who accumulated points from buying Pepsi products. Guzzle right. enough Pepsi, and one might earn a T-shirt, sunglasses, leather jacket, beach towels, or if hey. one television spot was to be believed, a Harrier jet. Oh no! Yeah, the air defense jets were part of the United States Marine Corps and were remarkable for their ability to take off and land vertically. Uh, blah blah blah. In the commercial, a student was seen climbing out of the jet in front of his school, and he says, "Shore beats the bus." And then a caption on the screen relayed that seven million Pepsi points were needed for the prize, vastly more than the dozens or hundreds oh, of points needed. This is for real. This guy deserves this jet. I'm already. This guy item. deserves this jet. They literally put seven million. They 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 labeled it, and they didn't have like a disclaimer or anything. Uh. Uh, John Leonard, then a business student at Shoreline Community College in Washington, saw the ad Mm -hmm. uh, when it was tested regionally in 1995 before rolling out nationally. Uh, Since accumulating that many points would mean drinking something along the lines of (laughs) 16,800,000 cans of Pepsi, (laughs) Leonard phoned the company and was told Pepsi points could be earned through product purchases or by simply buying them outright. The cost? 10 cents per point. Okay. If the jet required 7 million points, he should be able to buy them for $700,000. Yeah. Absolute steal for military-grade aircraft. (laughs) Uh, I love this guy. Yeah. In the media, Leonard explained he believed he might be able to monetize the jet by renting it out for thrill thrill rides. (laughs) Leonard didn't have much cash on hand, but he put together a business proposal, and he convinced five investors to front him the money. Okay. He sent the minimum required 15 Pepsi points as well as a check for $700,008.50 for the remainder. Like, he actually got it together. He got $700,000 together. They owe him this Harrier jet. (laughs) They owe him this plane. (laughs) As one might imagine, Pepsi did not deliver a plane. Instead, they returned the check to Leonard with a coupon for three free cases of soda. (laughs) Oh, scumbags. And a note explaining the ad was meant to be fanciful and humorous. Uh, Leonard was not amused, uh, so he hired this lawyer, um, and then that's when things really took off. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Mm -hmm. At the heart of the matter was whether a court could be persuaded that Pepsi was making a genuine offer, right? Uh, Promotional prizes for cars and vacations, even houses like the one offered by Fox in 1997 that was a replica of the abode on The Simpsons were not unusual. Perhaps Leonard had a case that it was reasonable to think Pepsi was serious about a fighter jet. Pepsi contended it was a joke and an obvious one at that. To make it even clearer, the company tweaked the ad. This is fascinating. This is how they tweaked it. To make it even clearer, the company tweaked the ad when it went national, so it read, just kidding, and adjusted the number of Pepsi points needed to 700 million, which is so strange that that, I mean, like, okay. That's their fix? Wow. That's their fix? Yeah. Bozos. Uh, Leonard argued otherwise. Pepsi had depicted a jet, required number of points, he provided it. 
Um, And then he claims he didn't want any publicity on this. That's what he told the Seattle Times. Uh, They brought the public light on this. I sort of believe him. I sort of believe him. He might be a very, you know, like, I focus on one thing and I only focus on that thing kind of guy. I mean, obviously. Does he have his pilot's license? I got questions. And the way he talks, too, is very, you know, they brought the the public light on this. My sole intention was to get the plane. I'm not trying to make a statement. I'm not looking for a settlement. I just want a plane. (laughs) I mean, I'm with this guy. Uh, of course, then there's another wrinkle, the logistics of actual trafficking and Harrier jets, Makes blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they're saying, like, even if you could get the plane, he can't fly it, like, unless he's a military pilot. But um, isn't it so funny that you have to drive planes? Before they take off, there are pilots sitting cars. in a little cockpit yeah. in the front. And then when <laughs> I think about it every time, because you and Kristen once drove a flightless plane around for a web series we did, Penelope, Princess of Pets. Yeah. But every time I'm in a plane or just at the airport, you know, when you sit there and you're like, oh, I got a window seat. I can watch planes taking off and landing. The funniest part to me is when you see the pilots in the front of the plane just driving it like a little car. They got their little (laughs) steering wheel. And then then a guy's got the two glowy sticks. He's like, bring it over here. That is so funny. It's really, really funny. This giant thing that's supposed to be in the air just like toot tooting along. Where, where the eyes are, there's just two adults just being like, let's take this in at five miles an hour and park it. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, so to end the story, it was uh, a Judge Wood. He said, advertisements were not a contractually binding offer, nor mm. did the opportunity to win a jet appear in writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is it. That's a... I actually think that this guy deserves a plane. I also understand that Pepsi's like, hey, you gave a 700K. We're not going to give you a $30 million jet. Harrier jets are also hilarious when they take off like straight up and down. That's their thing is like they don't need yeah. a runway. They, yeah. That's I mean, to see this guy, they should be like, if you can take up, go 100 feet in the air and land it. You can keep it. That would be the <laughs> ultimate test for this dude. And then, and then a thirty-three billion dollar jet is destroyed and he dies. <laughs> yeah, but what a way to go! The guy. What a way train. to go! What a way to go! I support that guy. I really do support him as well. Look, look at him go! What a crazy idea! If My it was friend, like a, if it was like a smaller company, I would be like, "Come on, dude, let's not." What? Yeah, but, but Pepsi, screw Pepsi. Pepsi. Who cares? It's go for Pepsi. it. Go yeah. for it. Um, Shoot your also, shot. that guy is probably going to be very successful in life is if he was able to organize this many people to get all that stuff together. So he's definitely going to be rich. Whether or not he will ever be happy remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he'll have money and probably never be satisfied. Yeah, until he gets that plane. Until he gets that plane. I remember. I just this just reminded me of that time. Mm-hmm. This was the '90s, but love them late '80s. Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Like, top, there were like three, two or three movies that influenced me as a like 10 or 11 or 12 year old. Yep. Which was Top Gun, mm-hmm. Aliens. Great movie. And Weird Science. I remember Great seeing movie. Top Gun and Aliens in the theaters. And then Weird Science, I think I only saw on, on TV. Yes. Um, but that was like that time in your uh, adolescence when just Absolutely. quoting things was the height 
of comedy. Yes, it still is in most of the country too. By the way, <laughs> no, it is not. You think? Oh that's my god! Still a thing? Uh, yeah, you're, uh, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, was dating somebody from like Nevada, and she went up there, and they were hanging out, and she was like, "It was so boring." He and his friends were so boring, and I jokingly said, "Did they just quote movies and TV shows the whole time?" And she burst out into laughter. She's like, "That's exactly what they did." So <laughs> hey, keeps me employed. I don't care. <laughs> But I love it. I, I, it's so strange to think that that is like because when you go back and watch like Top Gun, especially, you're just like this is this was the this was the model for adult ma- masculinity that I had as a child. It's so yes. insane. Are you kidding me? You're, you're saying playing shirtless uh, volleyball, beach volleyball with other men wearing skin tight jeans. You don't think that is the height of? <laughs> but then of that masculinity. <laughs> And then doing that high five where you do the the lower one and the upper one and the lower. Oh one. man, That's... I did that one so so many times. Of course, I'm still doing it. I'm. St- <laughs> I love that high five. My sister had a Top Gun poster in her room, and it was like you know, I you just would like stare at. Top- I think it was the one that had both Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise on uh-huh. it. So it was. A- and they're like, look, only thirty something years later, we get the sequel. So you live I've long enough. I literally watched that. I watched that sequel, the trailer, and I was like, oh, I'm going to see this sure. in the theater. No doubt. Because I just realized at that moment when I saw the trailer for the second one, I was like, it was like fundamental in the creation of me as an adult, or yes. as like a as a as a as a teenager. Yes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. which is so weird. It's not a great movie, but it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty right, good yeah. movie. It's amazing. But if you're at the right age, it, yeah, it was everything. It just brought it. Also, that was like the late 80s. It was very much just like anything's possible. Watch yes. this. We're breaking <laughs> barriers left and right. And so. <laughs> Where you just did it. At, you never you never questioned any of it. Ke- Kelly McGillis? Kelly McGillis? Was that her name? That's what I said. That's what yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. for. That's what stuck Kelly in my McGillis head. Kelly McGillis instructs fight, flight instructor. <laughs> like She instructs the mavericks of the world yes, at a flight she school. she was great. She was the best. She had a good run. Uh, you want one? Yep. Family tree stumped. Most Americans can't name all four of their grandparents. What? Oh, yeah. Wow. Can I? So, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It, I was doing this too. I can, and I didn't look it up. I didn't cheat. I mean, obviously. And everybody at home going, of course you can. But it's interesting. So this was written by Chris, best in the business, Maloney, uh, for studyfinds.org. But I found it many other places. But studyfinds.org, not a bad website, Kurt. Lots really? of studies, lots of results. <laughs> study find or finds? Are finds they... with a S dot Oh, study or... finds. I love yeah. it. This study I... finds that blah, blah, yes. blah, 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 like that. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. And so I, I, I uh, went and verified this on many other websites. This is true. Um, and I found this one. So thank you, me. New York. <laughs> I guess this study took place in New York. New York familiar with your family tree there's a good chance you're not i mean chris maloney gets in there Boom. or malone right gets uh, in there way. right he away. punches you in the face with with a temptation with to read more uh more than half of americans don't know the name names of all four of their grandparents oh do you know what though it it does uh, it's a bummer that the next sentence is this study finds that mm-hmm. you know it should if if it's on studyfinds.com 
it should always say this study finds like that should have should open all right. all right keep going media mist in the biz a recent survey of 2113 us adults including 1900 and 11 from the top 10 Nielsen market areas, uh, including what? 202 from Salt Lake City. I don't know why. Why are we giving this information? Also, what is the Nielsen connection? Okay, keep going, Malone. Found there, yeah, keep going, Chris Malone or Maloney. Which Found that there is a massive knowledge gap when it comes to recent family history. Knowledge of past generations varied by cities. 66% of Boston residents could name all of their grandparents compared to only 26% in Philadelphia. Which <laughs> is so funny to me because my my stereotype of people from Philadelphia is they don't leave their neighborhood. So it's like my image is on their grandmother's house is next to their mom's right. apartment, which and they live in the basement unit and wear tracksuits and deal drugs. That is my version of Philadelphia. 26% can... Name their um, grand all four grandparents. Twenty six. That must be the lowest. Is that got? That's got to be the lowest. Uh, yes, that's the lowest that okay. they had. San Francisco residents were thirty four percent, while people in Chicago and Dallas are only slightly higher at thirty six percent. As a whole, just forty seven percent of all respondents could correctly name all four of their own grandparents. Wow. Now. This was conducted by one poll on behalf of Ancestry, which, you know, is Ancestry.com. The survey also revealed that only 4%, 4, could name all eight of their great-grandparents. And that's where I was like, oh, I don't know if I could name, I could name one. Oh, I don't that's, even know. Oh, I can name one, but I literally would say granny, because that's how I knew her. <laughs> yeah. So 4% can name all eight of their grandparents. Also, a lot of this was sort of that greatest gen era where people just stayed miserably married forever. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine this when your parents get divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried. So, like, you have split. I mean, come on. In 10 years, this is going to be even wilder for one poll. Um, Three and four people in Salt Lake City said they felt knowledgeable about their family history compared to only... 46% 46% in Philadelphia. <laughs> this study is just dumping on Philly. I Fun love city. it. The reason I like I can do the reason I can't do it is just because my grandmother like the she got pregnant and then he was like do you want to get married and she was like no I want to be a dancer so then he took off. Sure. Um and so we didn't know who he was until my mom was like sixty nine or sixty eight or something mm-hmm. like that. Interesting. And so I cannot remember his name. That's fine. That's a, I think that's reasonable, right? But also, totally as a younger person, like in my twenties, I don't think I knew the name of my 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 paternal grandfather just because yes. he died before I was born. Sure. Yeah, makes sense to me. Mine were John, Mary, Melba, and Warren. I mean Melbourne? Melba and Melba and Mel- Warren. Melba Those are Warren. great names. I well, mean, give me, they don't make grandpa names. Well, now everybody's naming their kids stuff like Melba right. and Warren. So I guess they'll be back in in a few years. I got Otto, Hilda, and Dorothy, and then really good names. Blank, a blank. My favorite cashier at the supermarket near us is Dorothy. She rocks. Shout oh, nice. out to Dorothy at Gelson's. Um, despite Bye-bye. the knowledge gap, Curdy B. Mm-hmm. Most respondents did express an interest in learning more about their family history, 66%. Okay. In particular, over half of the poll 
When they and when Chris Malone writes over half of the poll, he means fifty-one percent. Want to know <laughs> stories about their ancestors when they were young and what they were like at the time? Boom. That seems nice. I found out that my grandmother on my mom's side, Mary, was um, like to drink Manhattans in the okay. 20s and 30s. Yeah. So the, the first time I ever blacked out drinking was... Was with her? I, I found that out. God, I wish. Oh. I think she had passed at that point. I was, okay. It, it was like a small family-ish reunion in Washington, North Carolina, where my aunt and uncle live, and which is a, kind of a cool little town right on the Pamlico River. And... I found that information out, and I was excited about it. So they had the ingredients. So I started making Manhattans, and I was staying in a house down the street. Neighbors let a bunch of us stay there so we could have this reunion. Mm-hmm. And they had tons of cats. They had cats galore. They were like, oh, it's clean. Oh, my God. I don't normally have cat allergies. Yeah. I was like death. I, I it, it makes me sympathetic to everybody's allergies, how bad it was. So I took a Sudafed. And then I started drinking Manhattans, and we were playing hearts. I don't remember what happened. So this was all at your, uh, like, a family gathering. This was an aunt uncle's house. Family gathering, four of us playing hearts. I had never played hearts before 2020 or 21, I would say. Right, okay. Pretty young. I might have still been in college, or I was just out. Right, just out of college, you can't handle just drinking liquor. No, yeah, just whiskey, sweet vermouth, couple shakes of bitters, some people throw a maraschino cherry in there. I I went. I forwent. I forego with the cherry. Oh, um, you're making a mistake. And so we're pal. playing, and then I wake up in bed. So it's that blackout thing where yeah. you time travel. But I didn't really realize it. And then I go back to the house, and I was. They were like, "You were so drunk." And I was like, "I don't remember." They were like, "Well, you do remember the first part, right? Because you were playing terribly." And then I blacked out, and my score just kept getting better and better and better. So in my black, like it was like a beautiful mind, like in my Sudafed, three or four Manhattan's deep mind. I suddenly was just seeing numbers coming together and cards shifting around. I was shooting the moon. I was just having a blast. And they were like, "You don't remember any of that?" I was like, "I don't remember." They were like, "Well, here's the scores, and you can see this like bell curve or reverse bell curve or whatever of me just getting." Better and better at strategy <laughs> as I'm just drifting. But yeah, so I do agree. Like, you would love to hear stories about Otto and Dorothy. Like, it is so yeah. fascinating. I would suggest to Bananimals to set up your phone, uh, push a voice recorder, write 10, 15 questions for your parents, and talk about your family. Get a get an oral life history going now. Oh, my now. God. It do is, it now. I know. And it's this is one of those things where there's like there's no deadline to do it. So it's very difficult, I find, to get anything done when there's not a deadline. Yes. But man, do it. Because I have constantly, like, especially now that I have a kid, I want to ask my mom, so I have questions for her every single day. Of course. Uh, and I'm just like, it has. it is lost to time now that she's died. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, we all die. So get them in now, kids. Not Even me. Even if everybody's healthy. Oh, you're not going to die? That's cool. Yeah. I got um, a plan. Speaking of not dying, I'm just going to mm-hmm. make a podcast recommendation right now. Give it to me. Dude, This it's called Wild Boys. It's uh, a series, I think, called. I, th- I think it's a series. It's a. It's the third season of a series, I think, called Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is this story of these like bush boys who like came out of the woods in Vernon, Canada. Wow. Uh, and like the story is 
wild. It is so crazy. Cool. You're like hooked the whole time. It's just eight episodes. Um, wild boys. Listen, man. Wild, wild boys. boys. I'll listen. We got to get up to Canada again. I'm thinking Montreal. I'm thinking Toronto. I'm thinking... I mean, I, I worry about Montreal. I just worry about Montreal, if wh- whether or not they go to shows. Because I was in Montreal for three months. It was like, I don't know, uh, November. So it wasn't insane winter yet. And Jay-Z was playing. And I was able to get floor tickets for like $50 15 mm. minutes before the show started. And wow. the whole the whole place was maybe like a quarter full, three, maybe a third full. So mm. that is like, that's Jay-Z playing Montreal. Yeah. Nobody shows up. It's crazy. Yes, uh, Jason Z is way more popular than we are. So we might yeah. just have to play a small little room in the back of the casino. Nope. Also fine with nope. me. We're playing We're playing the uh, We're playing theater. the arena? The, we're playing where the Jason arena. Where Jason Z plays? That would be very, it would just be 175 people in the sm- smallest little area. I mean, that would be so great. We'd go into great. debt. We'd go into Harrier Jet debt, but that's fine with me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Tease um, us into a sweet little break. When men, <laughs> uh, if you have children, I'm sorry about these words. Okay. Uh, when, <laughs> when men need a dick chop, one vasectomy doctor proves man for the job. And okay. Right, right back into I'm that. I'm enticed. Uh, more banana. Bananas. We're back, folks. Welcome back to Bananas. It's a solo app with Scotty and Kurt. Well, that's us. I got some shout-outs here. Jen wants to shout-out Amanda. They just did a road trip to Georgia and listened to a ton of Bananas, so they've been friends for like 28 years. Jen and Amanda, you're the best in the biz. Shout-out to single mom and very lovable human being, Rebecca. I'm going to probably butcher your last name, Rebecca. I'm going to say it's Pulio. Rebecca Pulio. She says if we uh, do a Bananas Live in Tulsa, she'll be there. Marianne would like to wish Molly a happy belated 28th birthday. Apparently, she's the best daughter and just a great person. So happy belated, Molly. Thanks, Marianne. Chris and Teresa had tickets to San Francisco show at Cobbs, Curdy B, but they fell sick and were very cool. They did not want to come and get anybody else sick, so they stayed home. That's how we win in this world. So thank you very much for your vigilance. And so shout out Chris and Teresa. We'll see you next time. We'll be back. We had a wonderful time. And finally, congratulations to Harlan and Siobhan. They're getting married May 21st. Siobhan turned Harlan on to bananas, and we thank her for that. We find that that's a thing. There are a lot of banana boys out there who are... The, Kurt and I get DMs on the banana phone. I used to get it all the time. After live shows, we hear it all the time. There are these boyfriends and partners and husbands who have never seen a live podcast recording, who don't like any of the podcasts <laughs> their wives and partners listen to, but they like the banana boys. This is the middle ground. So for all of you, whatever, we, we need to think of a name for the banana guys that are brought along and then fall in love mm, i know like our oh, banana man. brethren or our banana or banana bread banana um, yeah we'll we'll think of a term for you guys because 
Hey, we're glad to have your ears too. So yeah. those and are my shout outs. This is something that we forgot to do. Uh, at Drunkenly. The, uh, we forgot to do at the the Portland show, which we played last Friday. Friday which night. Which was April, uh, was that April 15th? Let's go April 15th. Friday, April 15th. Yeah, it was April Friday. It was Friday, April fifteenth, and we meant to do this at the top of the show and dedicate the show uh, to this person, but um, we were too drunk and it didn't feel proper. Yes, it felt strange to drunkenly give this one out. um, This is from Pooja Smeta. Grape an animal. Um, grape an animal. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name in any way, shape, or form. But she said, hello, bit of an unconventional ass, but I feel like y'all would appreciate this. Mm-hmm. My brother passed away two years ago, and Friday, April 15th, the night we did the show, would have been his 22nd birthday. Yes. On his birthday, I try to facilitate facilitate a day of good. Basically, spread joy wherever spread joy wherever you want, however you see it. Call your grandparents, compliment a stranger, donate to a cause, volunteer yes. in your community, whatever. I sh- I thought I'd share with y'all since this very much vibes with what y'all encourage in yourselves and fellow Absolutely. bananimals. If you want to learn, uh, and so we're going to dedicate this show to Raj. Uh, and you know what? Today, whenever you're listening to this. Make it a day of good. It doesn't Make just it have to be good. on April 15th. But uh, Raj, uh, you're in our memory. And thank you for making good happen in the world, dude. Absolutely. So if you're listening to us now and you're looking at your phone, click over your calendar. April 15th, day of good. Next year, start planning now. It doesn't take much. And after that, very beautiful and very touching uh, shout out. When men need a dick chop, one vasectomy doctor proves man for the job. What a segue, Pooja. We love you. Sorry about the segue, but we must it is, continue. It's just, the, it's just the way the world works It's the nature here. of the banana here. Yeah, it's the nature of the banana. Okay, okay here it is. So... I got sent this by Valerie. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Val. She said, Kurt, you got so lucky with your vasectomy from the old doc, which is, I talked about that on the Charlize episode. Mm-hmm. My brother got his done from the guy that did my dad's. Dr. Dick Chop. I can't make this shit up. But shit went bad when my brother had pain for months and now can no longer feel, quote, the boys. Uh, Dick Chop finally retired in 2020 after 37 oh. years. And I said, he's real? And his name is Dick Chop? And I she was says, so yes. confused. I swear my dad saw him for the chop back in 1979, and 30 years later he almost ruined my brother's nards. I mean, feel free to just use the web story for the pod if you want. It's pretty wild. Here is the story. So, how do you spell his last name? C H O P P. So oh his name gosh. is his name is Richard Chop, but he goes he does go by <laughs> Dick. Okay, and I looked oh, it up. Man, you can. I looked it up, and I bet uh, you did. He has a LinkedIn profile. He is real. Um, yeah. So, like, okay. So, yeah. His name, like, that's the whole story. His name is Dick Chop. I'm uh, over here. I'm laughing. Okay, so technically, so this is from the article. Oh, this article is in um, Whack Trap. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? <laughs> it's by editor of Whack Chap. Whack um, Chap. It starts with he's probably the smartest businessman around, even though Thank he's technically you. a doctor by trade. Is he? Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Dick Chop performs vasectomies, and he may be one of the few doctors patients actually referred to by both first and last name. I would, too. 
Absolutely. Here it is. Technically, his name is Richard. He goes by Dick. Quote, my patients call me Dick Chop. They say, how'd you get that name? I say, it's mainly divine intervention. Dick Chop says, quote, it's always been fun for me. Everybody wishes they had my name. Nope. That's where I would end it. Nope. Nobody wishes they had the name Dick Chop. Not once. Not a single human being has ever said, of the list of names, I wish my name was Dick Chop. Not at all. Never. And that, my question is, is, did Dick Chop go into urology because of his name, or did urology find Dick Chop because you of his name? you got to wonder. It's the, yeah, it's the old chicken and the egg when it comes to old D.C. My goodness. But I mean, Dick Chop is retired. One... Probably somebody knows him here, so we're not, we don't speak ill of him. But, no, uh, we hope he lives forever. But I definitely, maybe it's slander that I said that he did a bad job, but look, they didn't. There, there's ways to deal with that if that was true. That's fine with me. But yes, you know what? I'm, I'm turning my, I'm turning the tide over here because good for you. Be proud of your name. If that's what you, if that's what you're handed in life, if you're handed a dick chop in life, good for you. Be proud of who you are. Not everybody's going to have a really cool name in this world. The craziest part is they get a T-shirt after they get a vasectomy. Which, by the way, I would have loved to have gotten a T-shirt after my oh, vasectomy. Of course you would. Everybody Come loves on. a T-shirt. I think everybody loves a T-shirt. But especially like saying what, but the back of it reads, I was chopped at the urology team. And it's just like, he's owning it. But that it it makes no sense if people don't know the guy's name is Dick Chopped. Yeah, that's true. That should say, I was chopped by Dick Chop. That's what it should say. Dr. Dip Chop chopped my my dick. That's what it should say. There could easily be a limerick. There could be a, <laughs> there could be a whole woodchuck chuck type of thing with this. <laughs> so maybe he's not the greatest businessman alive. This person none of us have heard of. But I do recommend vasectomies for everybody. Just for go everybody. get them, guys. They are. Uh, it's not too bad. I, it did. I was surprisingly painful afterwards for longer than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I immediately went and did a television spot. I just immediately went and did uh, Lily Singh's late night show. Oh, fun. Like moments after having had a vasectomy. And I was like, oh, this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I should not have come directly to doing a late night show. Yeah. Uh, right I after see that getting... being an issue. I would like to go back and watch that footage and just see how drawn your face looks. <laughs> just like things are different. Well, we salute anyone who has, you know, I, I love a crazy name more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think be proud of those crazy names. It's amazing. Yeah. But also, he could have been Richie very easily. He could have been Richie Chop. That's a cool name. Richie Chop sounds like a point guard for University of Michigan. Richie Chop, he went three for five from the three-point range. You're like, damn, that guy's an All-American. Anyways. Yeah, let's go. This was from Matt Spiegler. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you probably saw this one, Kurt. We got sent this by many, many, many bananas. It's a couple weeks old, but I just like it. Uh, WashingtonPost.com, Sydney Page. Um, Sydney Page wrote this. She or he or they are the best in the biz. I know everything about them. My wife says I'm getting weird. Man offers free <laughs> pancakes to make friends. What? Love I'm, inter- oh, I'm, I'm interested. My ears have just perked up. And no, I haven't seen this one, Scott. Oh, good. Well, it's a San Francisco story. I considered doing it up there, but I did not. Uh, clad in a chef's hat, Curtis Kimball, great name, 
ladled pancake batter onto an electric griddle as hundreds of hungry neighbors lined up for one of his fluffy flapjacks. It was a pancake party. Kimball, who's 43, <laughs> hosted it on the front driveway of his home in San Francisco on February okay. 12th. The second such event, uh, it was the second such event, the first he kicked off in late January with a few funny flyers. Quote, my wife says I'm getting weird, Kimball typed on sheets of paper, which then he then taped uh, telephone poles around Bernal Heights neighborhood. She says I need to make friends, so I'm making pancakes. He provided an address, a time, and other details, and he added, come by and say hi and have some pancakes with me. Kimball says he wasn't expecting anyone to show up because he didn't know if people even read flyers anymore, which yeah. is fair. Yep. Then he saw nearly 100 neighbors assembled in front of his house to do the inaugural pancake party on January 22nd, and he decided, quote, I guess they do, end quote. Kimball came up with the concept of hosting a pancake party as a means of bringing some joy into his neighborhood where he's lived with his wife and two daughters. Given the pandemic, it's been difficult to meet people and make friends, he said. I just don't know how grown-ups make friends. It is tough, right? Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, oh, it's yeah. very difficult to make adult friends. Um, a great way to make adult friends is to come to a bananas show, folks. Everybody's yes. very friendly. People are extremely friendly to the point where the staff of all the clubs and theaters we've played have told us not only how friendly and nice everybody is, but how well everybody tips. Yes. We heard that in both. We heard, we've heard that three times, how well yeah. you guys tip. So good for you. If you're employed, tip big. Um, I don't mind looking foolish. Secret to life, right, Kurt? If you don't mind looking foolish, mm -hmm. boy, it's also are much easier. Are you kidding me? That's it. And also, that, what you think of as foolish, other people do not think of as foolish. That's right. That's the that, main thing. When people think you're foolish, you will have no idea. That's so right. don't worry. When you feel <laughs> foolish, yeah, that's you, true. You're actually you're, you're ahead of the game because no one thinks you're foolish at that point. That's people a probably great think point. you're cool. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, when asked why pancakes, Kimball said his reasoning was simple. Even if you don't like to eat pancakes, you do just like the idea of them, he said. Being around pancakes feels good, even if you're not eating them yourself. Honestly, this, <laughs> that's true. Curtis is, tr Curtis like is a this guy. poet in life. Yeah, we should have seen if he had one when we were up there. Either way, he said... If you see somebody making pancakes for strangers, you'd probably think that person is nice. I would absolutely mm -hmm. think that. It turns out his neighbors concurred. Not only were they intrigued by the pancakes, but like Kimball, they were hungry for more than just breakfast. They were craving human connection. It was the best vibe I've had in a long time, he said. It was really refreshing to see people smiling and enjoying themselves. We got to celebrate each other. As a, and people a lot more. And then at both events, Kimball covered the cost of the pancakes and toppings. Um, but neighbors brought stuff to share, as people always will, such as coffee, homemade honey, and lemon curd. Many people asked if they could contribute funds, and Kimball said, sure. He recently decided a GoFundMe would help make future pancake parties a more financially sustainable thing. I mean, especially living in San Francisco, yeah, where no like, everything is so expensive, you're like, wowzers. Um, a leaf fell on me and charged me 15 cents. There it is. There it is. There it is. We needed a ref. We got one. Um, Kimball said roughly 300 people showed up for his second gathering, which is incredible. I mean, people are starved for connection. It takes so little to get people motivated. How many? How many for the second one? 300. Oh, my God. 
and he's just out there with a electric he's just he's a really good chef too and ah. so he uses flour eggs and milk but he ups the fat content a little bit and he uses a little too much vanilla uh, it's fine right. with me yeah. i like oh, a little my, vanilla in my oh, my, my flapjacks um, his ultimate goal is to start a national neighborhood pancake day so everyone has to do it on the same day at the same time and carve up in the whole country we will do this yeah you and Hands i will down. absolutely curtis kimball I think your banana of the week. I think this is an incredible yep. thing to do. And uh, we'll keep you posted because if he picks a date and it becomes a national thing where you make pancakes for your neighbors, we're in. Come, yeah. we'll, We're not going to do it in front of our actual houses, but we'll find a place and we'll make pancakes <laughs> for any bananas that show up. <laughs> I love great. that idea. It's a great idea. That's, it just, again, we've said it so many times on the podcast. It, you have an idea and just put it in the calendar. Just put it in the calendar to do it and just be like, we're going to do that thing on this day. And then you just get ready and then you just do it. Don't think, don't overthink it. Just choose a day and do it. So we do have something coming up, but I don't think we've completely, have we locked in that day, Kurt? We have not locked in that day. Bananas will keep you posted on our Instagram, the Bananas Podcast. Um, So Kurt and I are, are realizing a dream. We're doing a downhill run, 1K. From one bar to another bar, and at the end of it, Kurt and I will do a live bananas uh, podcast recording. The requirements are you have to dress up like a banana or a bananimal or something banana adjacent. Yeah, a potassium tablet. It'll be an all ages downhill one k, but once we get to the bar, I think it'll be twenty one plus. So, but uh, you know, bring your my kids will be there. My kids will be there for the one k. Uh, um, it's going to go to the LA Food. Uh, we're going to basically donate all, any proceeds to uh, LA Food or the LA Mission, which will be great. Food Bank, I'm sorry, yeah. LA Food Bank. We're and gonna have we're going to have little race bibs, so yeah. you can pin them on. Uh, if you've ever seen people on social media posting photos about them doing marathons, and you've this always is your wanted chance. to, this is your chance to look foolish with the Banana Boys. It's going to be a light jog. We're gonna have. A I'm blast. not even gonna jog. I'm gonna be up front with you. You're gonna walk. I'm walking. I'm walking with a child in one arm and the other on my shoulders. Very good. I will do a light jog. Uh, we'll lead the way. We're gonna end up, I think, at the Virgil, and we're gonna do a live show, probably around one p.m. or two p.m. Oh, yeah. Also, we're not getting up early for this. We are not early. Kurt never There's sleeps anyways. So come on out to the first annual Banana Splitty in the City. Dress as like soon as we know adjacent. when it's going to be. <laughs> it's for a good cause. Oh, heck yeah. I am so excited about that. That's going to be fantastic. Are you kidding me? A downhill 1K? That's what mm-hmm. everybody's always wanted. Absolutely. It'll take All... about 11 and a half minutes. Yep. It's going to be the greatest <laughs> race of your life. Oh, boy. It's so funny. You want a short one? I got a short one here. Are you kidding me? Of course I do. Good. Uh, we were talking grandparents, so this one popped into mind. I remember mm-hmm. I had it. Elderly woman in custody Uh-oh. following a slow speed chase. Ooh, all right. Give Ooh. it to me. Aaron Erdman sent this in. Banana boy number five, Aaron Erdman. There it is. Um, Who's been to five bananas lives. Incredibly. She's been to five bananas lives. Wait, yep. that's true. Indianapolis, Chicago. Chicago. Portland. Portland. What are the other two? Mm. Oh, the other two were uh, live streams. It works for me. There it is. KTUL.com. Written by Ashley Ellis. Mm, 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 
best in the best. <laughs> Ashley, best in the business for KTUL.com. It is a website that Kurt and I, um, when we pick up our laptops or our tablets or our phones and we open our home screen, that home screen is ktul.com when i read a headline in the new york times i say but what does ktul have to say what does ktul.com <laughs> have to say ktul tulsa police another tulsa story there are another tulsa reference what an app tulsa police involved in a slow speed chase ends safely it began just after 6 a.m <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so Elderly, I love it. It began just after 6 a.m. on northbound Highway 75, heading towards the inner dispersal loop, when police saw an elderly woman driving very slowly. Officers attempted to make a traffic stop, but she would not pull over. I mean, we know what happened. She yeah. didn't even know they were behind her. Exactly. Good for her. The pursuit ended near the 21st Street exit on eastbound Broken Air Expressway. A short time later, speeds never exceeded 25 miles per hour <laughs> so good i think usain bolt can run like 24 miles an hour we're gonna have to google that but basically the human condition can run as fast <laughs> as this <laughs> as this grandmother was driving she's a sweet old lady police were trying to locate her family and find out whether or not she was related to a silver alert which is the funniest alert it's a silver alert for when a, an older person goes missing obviously nothing funny about an older person going missing we love our golden bananas but a silver alert is a very funny that, thing to name it it is uh the woman is in custody but police says there will be no charges good for her yeah getting out there and and going for it, you know, not stopping. When you're at that age, why stop? Why, why stop? stop? Right? Yeah, what are you going to pull over? She's got places to go. The clock is ticking. Good for her. I love that. When I was at um, UMass, I used to do this thing in high school, and then I blew out some speakers a couple times doing this. And what I would do is I would roll down all four windows, and I would blast the, strong, the song, The Stroke. Stroke me, stroke me. I don't stroke. know. It. You know that song, right? No, 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 no. Oh, man. Uh, it is a great song. I highly recommend anybody who's never heard of it. Billy Squire. Okay. The Stroke. And it's basically, he just yells, stroke me, stroke me a ton of times. Okay. I used to just drive at five miles an hour past whatever crowd I could find. <laughs> just blasting that song and staring straight ahead. I wouldn't look <laughs> at anybody. I wouldn't smile. I wouldn't wave. <laughs> a movie letting out. A bar letting out. Sporting events letting out. I would call it stroking. I would go stroking all the time. <laughs> it was you know, before the internet. This was my version of having fun. So I was a senior... At UMass Amherst, people were moving in. It was moving day, and I was in a different part of campus, and I decided I was going to drive from one part of campus to the next on a walking path, uh -huh. playing the stroke as loud as I could. So off-road, I don't know why, and so I'm going two miles an hour blasting the stroke by Billy Squire as loud as I can. People are waving. People are wooing out of dorms. Everybody's having fun. Parents are very concerned moving in their kids' freshman year. And I'm on this hill that's, I don't know what the grade is, but I'm on a pretty steep hill driving from central 
um, to Orchard Hill, uh-huh. uh, two different areas on UMass's campus, and I look in my rear view, and there is a police car <laughs> following me down the hill while I'm blasting the stroke. <laughs> this is a sidewalk. I'm driving on a sidewalk. I was just having a dazed and confused type of moment. I was just like, you know what? These are all freshmen coming in. I'm going to let them know that this college is fun. <laughs> So the lights come on, and I'm stopped on a hill on a path, and the cop walks up, campus police, yeah. and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> campus police, too. Yeah, Perfect. and I was like, I'm going to pretend to have a southern accent. I still had Maryland plates on my car, and I was like, sir, I just I got turned around. I'm not, I thought this was a road. And he goes, this is so clearly a sidewalk. There are like... <laughs> There's like a handrail on one side of it. <laughs> They're like safety boxes. And he's like, do you go here? I was like, I do, but I was at West Florida, so I don't really know this campus. He's like, are you moving in today? I was like, I actually live off campus. And he's like, I got to write you up for this. And I was like, can you just can we just pull down to the parking lot? He was like, sure. So then I go down the parking lot with a cop following me. I don't blast the music because I'm like, I'm trying to get out of right, this. Right, right, right. And he's like, can I see your student ID? I said, yes. Uh, and I give him my student ID, and he's like, all right. I can either give you a noise citation as if I was like in a dorm room or yeah. whatever, which I don't even know if that is a fee. But he was like, I can't. He wasn't going to arrest me. He's like, just don't do what you're doing. I was like, but I, I was like, I seriously was turned around. I totally knew exactly what I was doing. Yeah. And he lets me go. And then I was like, I have to do this because all the parents were watching. And as soon as I get in my car, or as soon as he gets in his car, I just turn up the stroke a little louder and a little louder <laughs> and a little louder. And I just stroked through the whole camera campus it was so beautiful but it was so funny because he was like what this guy is doing is so stupid i don't even want to do the paperwork for this because yeah. like yeah you know it was a victimless is- crime yeah <laughs> i never exceeded speeds of three to five miles per hour <laughs> in a champagne colored toyota corolla with a bike rack on it, it was the funny. champagne colored toyota it's Ooh. classic still made and i appreciate it absolutely yeah, well, that, thank you, Scotty. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed this episode of Bananas. We like the solo epis. We just have so much fun. But, Curdy, I'm gonna. Are you flying into Austin tonight? No, tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow in in the capital of Texas. We'll eat some queso. We're gonna yeah, make them laugh and laugh and laugh. That'll be super fun. See you later. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear... 
feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.